Tribute Pod Production. Trigger warning. The following episode contains discussion about child sexual abuse. If you need to talk to someone, please call Braveheart Support Line on 1800 272 831 Monday to Friday 8.30am to 4.30pm Australian Eastern Time or Lifeline 24 hours 131114. And a huge welcome back to the Bravehearts 777 Marathon Podcast. Oh, it feels good to be back as well. This is episode two, so if you haven't started with episode one, feel free to head back and hear the great advice runner Jess Peel, who is on her fifth consecutive 777, has to give. Now, today's episode is a little different than Jess's with a bit more of investigation into the why. Why these participants come back every year, why they're fundraising, and why this? Now, there is no better person to answer those questions than the CEO of Bravehearts, Alison Gill. Alison paints a picture about the landscape that Bravehearts works within, where they've come from, and where they're going. We touch on why the Bravehearts 777 is such a great initiative and the appreciation she has for all the runners, or should I say advocates, that the runners become. So let's all understand the why together with the CEO of Bravehearts, Alison Gill. It is such a pleasure to introduce our guest today to the Bravehearts 777 Marathon Podcast. Alison Gill, the CEO of Bravehearts, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you, Mitch. I'm so excited and I'll take up any opportunity whatsoever to talk about our wonderful 777 Marathon and our wonderful runners. And before I get started, I'm here on Yugenbeck Country. I'm coming to you from the Gold Coast office of Bravehearts. And if you have any victims or survivors who are listening, I want to acknowledge and note that we see you and we hear you. So thank you for having me today. I'm really excited to talk about the marathon. Yeah, yeah, likewise. I'm excited to speak to you on so many levels. Firstly, being the CEO of Bravehearts, and there is no better person to inform us of all the good work that Bravehearts does. And what's more is your perspective of the event is going to be really beneficial to follow on from Jess. Now, we heard from Jess about the ins and outs of the event from a participant perspective, but I'm really excited to hear about Bravehearts and the 777 Marathon in more detail, especially about the why these participants are fundraising. Now, we like to set the scene a little bit first and ask some stats. Now, with all the runners, we ask them their running stats, but I think it's pertinent to ask about the Braveheart 777 stats from yourself. Now, how many years... Has the triple seven been running for? Yeah, so it's this is we're going into the tenth year. So we had a yeah. little, you know, we've had a few fits and starts when it came to or full starts, I should say, when it came to COVID. But we rearranged the marathon into a more state based format during that time. But this will be the tenth year. So wow, that's amazing. It that is, is, isn't it? It's yeah. Great. It's Yeah, and it's only gotten bigger and bigger from my understanding, which we'll get into a little bit, but how many national athletes were there in the very first year, do you know? Yeah, so there were 11 in the first year, mm-hmm. and to date, this year we have 19, but we will probably go, it will probably end up at about 25, 26. Yeah, that's amazing. So still recruiting. If you can yeah. recruit for people like Jess Peel. Oh, that was I had so much fun talking to her yeah. and just it's really inspiring having the people like Jess out in the community who are, for lack of a better word, flying the flag for Bravehearts. And oh, absolutely. She's 
just an incredible human being who puts, if these people put their body on the line and you no doubt have learned about the ins and outs, it is, um, yeah, you, you find people like that who are connected to a cause and that combination is unbeatable. Yeah, yeah. Put a bit of passion in there and it's just, it's really, yeah, really good to see. Now, sorry, Bravehearts 777 Marathon raises money for Bravehearts. Do you know what the total figure is that this event has contributed to Bravehearts? Yes, over a decade, about just under 2.3 million, I think. Oh, that is amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's an incredible, incredible thing. Yes, it's one of our keynote fundraisers and just... As an aside, it is an incredibly unusual, unique event. I suppose we could unpack that for days, but that like honestly fills my heart so much just hearing that there's so many good people out there that are looking for people to contribute to Bravehearts and they're taking time out of their lives to yeah really accomplish that. It's so incredible, so incredible. I think too, it's really interesting when you look at, because the event, you take, um, and I know we're going to chat about the why, but the why becomes something probably after the first year, unless you are someone who has been impacted by child sexual abuse, you are automatically cause connected and driven. But the nature of the 777 is that it's such a, if you are someone who is into pushing yourself further and Mm. what might initially attract you? to the marathon will be that it's seven cities and seven states and seven Mm. consecutive days. Now, that is exhausting. And to those people that want to push themselves, that's really appealing. And that it feels nice. It's raising money for a great cause. During the course of that time, you actually become an advocate as you Mm. understand what Bravehearts does and you understand. And at some point during the halfway mark, you are just driven and become an, an advocate for Bravehearts. So in the yeah. end, you're able to confidently speak about the work that we do and all of our education services and how we protect children. So may not it may not attract you initially, depending yep. on your personal circumstances, but by the end of it, that's why we enjoy so many repeat runners that want to keep doing it. The retention is amazing as well to get people coming back. But I would imagine... There's no way that there's a participant running who isn't going to be hurting at some point physically. To have the cause that you're running for at the forefront of why you're doing it, to then get you through that next 10 minutes of pain is, it's really something. And it's really good that, yeah, that the, the Bravehearts is, is doing that. Yes, it's an excellent platform. And it makes, I think, the runners feel good that yep. this isn't just an ordinary marathon. It's a marathon with a heart and a cause and outcomes as a result or participation. So I want to dive into a little bit more about Bravehearts as a whole and then working our way back to the 777 and, and the programs that that funding might might go to. But would you be able to give us a bit of a, an overarching view of what Bravehearts does and is, especially from its kind of inception from being founded by Hetty Johnson in 97 and going all the way, especially with that White Balloon Day now yeah. going, now turning into Bravehearts Day. Yeah, would you be able to give us a bit of a snapshot about that for me, please? Yeah, of course. I mean, certainly it's not any average person who has something like this happen to them in their life and yep. he could not 
find any services after her daughter's own disclosure that she was being sexually abused. She created uh, an organisation. I mean, that sounds like she woke up one day and decided, oh, I can create this. That isn't the case. It was hard work, constant slogs, making sure that people were listening to the message of breaking the silence on this crime. Mm. And, And for many years... In Australia, nobody talked about child sexual abuse. It was never, it existed and thrived in shame and secrecy and silence. Mm. And that person, that's an uncomfortable conversation to have, but she kept having it and kept having it. And over the years, Brave Hearts has, has grown to be a voice for victim survivors, a voice to government on best practice, a voice when it comes to legislation. We educate we little ones in school environments about personal safety and how they all have the right to say no and get across that important messaging in age-appropriate ways without putting the onus of their safety on them because it's very important that adults are motivated and trained and aware and understand everything that can impact their children, road safety, personal safety, everything. I mean, it it is a topic that needs to be talked about more, not to normalise the crime, but to make sure that people know what to do Mm. to protect their kids. So Brave Hearts is a unique organisation because our mission is solely focused on providing a coordinated and holistic approach to the treatment and prevention of child sexual abuse. So that is what we get up every day and work towards, Mm. making sure that children have the right, enjoy the right to have a childhood free from sexual harm. And our vision, of course, is a world where everyone works together and that comes to fruition. So it's yeah, it's an important, Brave Hearts has been at the forefront of important decision-making in government legislation. And a ditto Keep Safe Adventure show has been seen by over 1.3 million little Australian eyeballs. Well, am I right in saying also that Brave Hearts was a key organisation in terms of the Royal Commission, getting the Royal Commission inquiry in 2012? Is that correct? Yes, it was. And Hetty Johnston in particular. So making sure that that momentum never dropped for a mm. moment, calling for that Royal Commission. What was meant to be a Royal Commission for three years turned out to be five years, and we've just marked the five-year anniversary of the close of that. And there's still so much work to do. Yeah. So not all of the recommendations, and there were over 400 of them, were taken off. <sighs> but there is progress, but it depends on which state you live in. And, of course, the internet and children's access to that is a borderless crime. So that's one that is far-reaching and that's where- Created such a significant headache for everyone in this space. It's really, yeah, really course. impacting. And for parents, I really, I, I feel for, you know, I'm, my daughter's in her 20s, so there's a whole bunch of us that just didn't have to worry so much about that. I, I think if you're a new parent, you can be subject to the armchair critics of older parents, but that- it wasn't as accessible. It wasn't as prevalent. There was no TikTok. There was no Facebook. So it, parents are up against it and kids are digital natives and they're the digital tourists, the parents. Or they're a little bit, you now when you have kids who understand more than you do, it can be it can be a scary space for you. Yes. Yeah, it's really hard to stay on top of. Really hard. So as I understand... Bravehearts has three key pillars, which is uh, educate, empower, and protect. Would you be able to go over just those pillars a little bit, mainly for me, <laughs> just to understand a little bit further? Yeah, of course. So educate is obviously anything that we do in education, um, but also adult training. So it's very, very important if you 
have adults who are in child-facing organisations, not just schools, but theme parks, communities, sporting groups, anything or anywhere where children congregate and need to be monitored, where children are, that their safety is at the heart of all the decision-making of the organisation, that the policies reflect that. And of course, education in schools. So we educate lower primaries, we little ones on personal safety, and we have consent and respectful relationship programs for older kids. So empowerment is around our therapeutic services, but you're also empowering adults when you're training them. You're also empowering children when they see an education program. We are empowering those victim survivors and their non-offending family members by giving them specialist counselling and helping them navigate the journey towards healing. Also under Empower is our program Turning Corners. Now that is a program for children and young people who are displaying harmful sexual behaviours. So that is behaviours that are not considered appropriate at their age level. Mm-hmm. And there may be, it can play out in many ways, and it can also be displayed by how they are behaving towards other children. So that is another important piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And of course, the internet, children's access to material that is not appropriate for them and situations they're being exposed to. Uh, situations and material that is much, 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 much higher than their their small brains at that developing age um, can understand. So that is another important empowerment project. Yeah, and I think that's really important to understand too for parents who have children in that age is that we still need to protect and to monitor as well to make sure that and that there's facilities there and resources there for them to to go to so but there's a lot of things you've got to navigate as a parent you know health care oh. safety dropping off picking up sports school da, 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 life in general so it'd be much easier you know you have a child and then you're handed a bag and it has a nappy in it and it has cheer rash or whatever in it but it doesn't have a lot of this stuff in it like yes which is, what is considered, you know, appropriate behaviour for my child at this age and mm. what is considered saying to parents, it's okay, go do a deep dive on that because there's plenty of really good information out there that yep. says, is Johnny, is that considered normal or reaching out? And and again, parents, they take on the load and feel, well, if it isn't, is that my fault? It's, it's an extra job for parents, but it's an important one to do in bite sizes along the way, I think, bite-sized yeah. pieces. Yeah, really important. I, I can also see here that one of your projects is the Courage Project, and that's mainly in Mackay and Sundays. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. Mackay, Sundays in the Isaac region. So that is okay. that is a program which is designed for young people who've experienced trauma. So that could be as a result of child sexual abuse or the may have witnessed domestic violence. That's a very important program in that region, and we work really closely with police and community and yeah it's, it is a region that has a high level of demand mm. and we're really proud to be able to provide a service there the beyond brave it says that it's a redress service C- could yes. you touch on what a redress service is and what beyond brave is is designed to yes to assist course. with so as a result of the findings of the Royal Commission, Redress is a program that can be accessed uh, by survivors who have experienced uh, child sexual abuse in an institutionalised setting. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, they must complete. It's a very rigorous application, often a re-traumatising, often telling their story for the very first time, yep. often having to recollect you know, memories from many years ago 
Uh, Bravehearts, we assist people putting that application in. We assist them with that application. And okay. we're a very proud redress provider. I like to crow that we're probably one of the best in the country. So, um, and that is uh, a unique, and we're very privileged to be able to be dealing with adult survivors. And yeah, that is so important, I think, as well, because uh, we've touched on it a little bit in terms of Hetty as well, because particularly now, adults who were children back in the day when the subject was very taboo and no, there weren't the resources there that. And he didn't have any resources. I think that's really important that that's, that redress service is available. And I think it's really important that they're getting assistance because a lot of the time you don't want to be talking about it again, each to their own, but it, it can be quite traumatizing for some people to be revisiting that. Very. And it's also changed the trajectory of these people's lives. So we know that the real cost to the individual of child sexual abuse that goes undisclosed or untreated Mm. or just kept in shame and secrecy and silence can have an enormous impact in that individual health concerns. You know, Mm. their life can never, you know, Austin is impacted in every facet. We know that if someone can access specialist counselling, can disclose and be believed, can access treatment, has great family support, that they have just such a better shot at living a rich and full life. And the converse then is true. We see in redress, people are led, um, not always, because there's no blanket response. And I want to be really clear about that. There is no one journey for one survivor that represents all. What you do see in redress is more often than not, you know, a life where this has been hanging over them, you know, into their 60s, you know, during the course of them raising their own families. That's very distressing. So it's wonderful to be able to provide that um, support as they progress their application. Mm. Yeah, so important. So important. It's really good that it's there. And PROTECT is making sure that we lobby and advocate so that laws and lawmakers and people who can impact legislation and the requirements on keeping children safe do their job. It is such vital work and I think it's really important that that the victims have a voice, so to speak, and someone who's looking out for them. And then that kind of brings me to fundraising because this can't happen without fundraising in the background trying to get all these government legislation and laws yeah. and, and these programs out unless there's fundraising. So could you touch on a couple of the fundraising initiatives that Bravehearts has? The thing about fundraising too is because we rely heavily on donations and yep. government grants or or private philanthropic organisations. But the minute that you might receive one of those grants, you have to kind of treat it like you're not going to get it again because there's no guarantee. So mm-hmm. if you Uh, receive a grant to develop some therapeutic counselling or deliver therapeutic counselling for children, you need money to make sure that continues because you can't then just shut the doors. You know, our wait lists are quite incredible. They're about six months long. And, you know, if you're a parent and your child's disclosed, that's agonising. Yeah, you want to act on that straight away, hey? Like, Yeah, fundraising um, helps us to fill in the gaps for programs that may have funding that ceased. It might go towards key research projects where we are developing evidence-based programs that 
make sure that the victim, survivor and family members are considered and understood when we're developing new treatment programs or education programs. The funding may go to our education programs because in many places throughout Australia that's not funded and we yep. would really love to be able to send Ditto and the Keep Safe Adventure Show into schools without them having to pass that cost on to kids and parents ultimately. So fundraising, we approach, we have regular givers. So they're people that donate a nominal amount each and every month and have been supporting us for many years. We have the quest strategy, so where people consider brave hearts in their will, which is a really wonderful and lasting legacy Mm. for people to have an impact of that gift towards a program. We have our Bravehearts Ball, which is a big event here in Queensland once a year at the Brisbane City Hall. That's our key fundraising event. We have Bravehearts Day for many years that was called White Balloon Day, which is a national awareness campaign to make sure that people are talking about and donating to Bravehearts to make sure that we can keep these vital services going. So Bravehearts Day is national. It's right around the country. And that's a day, you know, we urge parents to have those important conversations as quickly as they are with kids to make sure that they can get inside their life a little bit and find out what's what's making them happy, what's causing them any distress, and also talk to them about personal safety and protection and the internet. We also have, uh, right now, we've got our Facebook challenge going. There's a lot of fitness related to Brave Hearts. It's just, you know, it's five kilometres your way. I kind of think five kilometres, triple seven, you know, we've got these and uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not that person. <laughs> I don't know how people can't see that, but I'm not that person. Um, <laughs> so there's many different ways you can you can get involved. And from time to time, you know, I always urge people to go to the Brave Hearts website because there's so many different ways that people can help, you know, volunteering their time for us. I did want to touch on the volunteers because none of this happens without them. Yeah, no, that. They're so critical. On the events, on the programs, for anything happening in not-for-profit, volunteers are basically the exoskeleton of the boat. They just hold it up, hold it up, hold it up and keep it moving forward. So, And they really are because staff, of course, they're cause-connected and they're paid to do their job. So when you've got this whole army of people, depending on what it is that we're acquiring, that are, that are there to do good, I mean, people essentially – Doing good makes you feel good. You know, you actually walk away from a day of volunteering and feel a contribution. And it's very similar to how I feel about coming to work. That's a unique space. Volunteers do that literally out of the goodness of their heart and wanting to make a difference. It's incredible. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really incredible. The Bravehearts Triple Seven Marathon. It's such a unique event in terms of the seven states slash territories. Please seeing everyone in in their space. So throughout the country, you you're there being seen and you're supporting everyone. It's such a good idea, and it also really connects with those people who want to challenge themselves, as we referenced before. It's really significant that the two go together. It's I just. Such a great idea. Such a great idea. Because we also have state-based runners. So you know that they're yeah. every state we go to, if someone, you know, because it's a big chunk of your life, you're actually, you know, and, and just would have talked you through the rigour of the event yep. in terms of you're flying to Perth, you're getting up, you're flying to Adelaide, you're getting up. So not everyone can devote a week and then recovery, but it's not just a week and then recovery. It's no. preparation. 
yep. a week recovery and fundraising. I mean, mm. these guys fundraise to participate. Yes. It's yep. an it's incredible, incredible. It's a yep. It's a big job. They are the most unique, wonderful group of humans. So then if you're in um, Victoria, you can join us on the state run, or if you're in Western Australia, you can run alongside, but you're mm. just doing that leg. Yeah, for, yeah. For a um, nominal entry fee. Uh, I mean, one marathon is enough for, <laughs> for <Yeah>. enough people. <laughs> I think it's credit to Bravehearts as a whole as well to make sure that the event kept going through the tough times in terms of uh, around the COVID space because it really relies on that seven states kind of format. It, for the runners, that would have been a really tough time as well mainly because you're not surrounded by anyone. You're by yourself trying to get these kilometers done. It would have been a really tough time for, for, for everyone, really. It was one of the years we had to make it only in Queensland because yep. we had to take into account, it was such, when I look back on that time with borders, so you see when you're moving people, we were moving people across borders and things were going to be we almost had to map out a worst case scenario logistically yeah and it would mean you know within one day it could be that they have to be there for two weeks quarantining at their own cost mm. so we had to encase it in one state and in discussions with runners it was that was in queensland and we stayed i think in that state and finished it there i think yeah i think like so many other people with covid we've blocked some of that out that's been yep, blocked just, out <laughs> it happened but i couldn't tell you the ins and outs <laughs> yeah i permanently stand 1.5 meters away from everybody now so no. yeah yeah it's it's very much changed the social dynamic hasn't, hasn't it? it i suppose on the outside it's a fantastic event and everything's done really well but when you look a bit deeper the logistics of running an event like this is insane yes the amount of travel, accommodation, transport, all that kind of thing is just so much. My background's in sporting teams and trying to get them from A to B. And it is an absolute headache because of things that you can't control. I, the team behind everything from Bravehearts must have no fingernails left by the, <laughs> by the end of the week. We have great partnerships. So we use a great organization called Aurora who help us with all of those course logistics mapping uh, yep. out. So we have a great partnership with them. We do have, a t I say a team, whenever we talk about the Bravehearts team, it's like, you know, 1.5 people that <laughs> can, yep. can pull off. And my background is a commercial background for 20 years and there were like four people doing what one yeah. person has to do here at Bravehearts. And we don't tell them when they start that, you know, Here's the PD for the job that you went for. You've got that, but you've also got five other jobs, of course. So, yeah. Like, you're actually doing a team's work yeah, as one person. We get yeah. that out of the way nice and quick, you know. And yeah. but, <laughs> yeah. you know, hats off to that team because you have to consider when you're moving human beings around that they have different nuances, different requirements, and it can be really challenging. And we've had, you know, missed flights and nearly missed flights and bags lost and all the stuff that goes with travel. But then there's injury consideration, medical attention, disaster preparedness, insurance. It's such a lot. Enough to make CEO's eyes water. So, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> yes. My job is mitigating risk and then you kind of run something like Braveheart's 777. It's like, okay. 
People love it. Cool. It's super cool. And there's a night, they have a dinner at the the very end. And it's very moving because all mm. of these people who have been running for a week who look injured. Mm. <laughs> like uh, everyone's got bandages on and they get up on the stage and they talk about their experience. And I, I swell with pride for the organization to have put this on, but really very proud of each and every one of them. And uh, mm. that cohort. You know, you have these moments in time in your life where there's these cohort. It could have been people you worked with or a friendship group or, and you kind of go, that was my moment with my people and that, that mm. was the best time. They get that close in a week and they forge those kind of relationships and friendships forever. But especially in those hard physical times that they're going through, the connections Absolutely. they must build is just phenomenal. The whole concept would really spread the word of Bravehearts quite well too. Having what hopefully 20, 23, 24 yeah, advocates yeah. running, plus mm. all the state based runners, plus all their friends and family. It's, yeah, it's really, yeah, I can see it really infiltrating a lot of different areas of the community. Yeah. And it's really great when the, the race is on in certain cities. If we're um, fortunate enough and over the years, we have been to get great media coverage mm. for the organization and for the for the runners, yes, it's a vital part. It's a vital yeah. part. It takes a lot of, it's a big moving base. It takes a lot of work, a lot of hours, and it's an investment. You know, we have to invest to put this on. So it's a big moving beast and the payoff is it raises money for us. We have this incredible cohort of new advocates every year. So everyone that steps into it as a state-based runner, you know, we, we develop these networks of support, more people to get our resources and material out to. So really interesting things come out of 777. So someone might run who works with someone who runs a childcare center is like, can you please send me your resources? So, you know, that times just extrapolates out over the, the country is wonderful. If nothing, it's awareness. And yeah. should someone who unfortunately might be a victim yeah. is aware of Bravehearts who wasn't previous, then that is fantastic and gets the conversation started. That even if it's just one person, it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And we have, because we don't operate our counselling services in every state, but we do have a national line that people can call anywhere from Australia. So that's Bravehearts Information and Support Line. And that you can call and be directed. And you're talking to someone in, who completely and utterly understands what it is that you're going through and is skilled to be able to triage you to the right place. So yeah. Bravehearts is that excellent first port of call to get your journey started. Is that a 24-hour number, did you say? Or? No, it's Monday to Friday, 8.30 till 4.30. That is such a good service. Yeah, such a good service. We get lots of calls for all different kinds of things, but if you're a family member who's had this happen, you know, literally if we go back to Hetty, there wasn't that number to call, right? Yeah. So there was that, that was not available. So you can call Brave Hearts and we can direct you assist you, this is where you need to go, or this is your next step. Because if you're a parent and your child has disclosed, you know, to say your head is spinning is an understatement. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, with Hetty, it was such a taboo subject. No one brought yeah. it up. Whereas now with these resources, everyone's like, no. People yeah. There's help and, and it'd be remiss of me to say it's immediately available. It isn't. The waiting lists around the country are terrifying. 
but you have someone on the other end of the phone, that first important moment when you just are completely lost, there's someone there. We did mention the fundraising earlier. Does the fundraising from Braveheart's 777 Marathon, does it go directly into certain programs or is it more of a, a flow on effect to wherever it's most needed at the time? Yeah, it would be, well, absolutely, it's wherever it's most needed. So it is the most critical, the squeakiest wheel gets the oil in terms of if if we have a program that's about to close out or we have funding that's about to cease or if we want to nominate an area that we feel we want to go into and deliver education at no cost. So we have a lot of access to research and, and data that can tell us many things about the Australian landscape and the response to child sexual abuse. Mm. So it is basically distributed exactly where the need is most pressing. There's nothing worse as a the general public if you want a resource in a time of need and then unfortunately because of funding it was closed. There's nothing yes. more devastating than that in the community. So it's really important and I think that's really, really needed, which is great. All right. Well, we're coming to a close here, Alison. Was there anything that you wanted to to discuss or anything I might have left out? I really would love people to head to the Bravehearts website because we're going to, I'm sure there's going to be parents who are listening to this podcast, I hope. And for me, parents are one of the cohorts that I believe we need to give more support to with regard to the conversation and helping them have those important conversations with their kids. Mm-hmm. So we have lots of great resources on our website. Everything that you could possibly need, you will, you will find something that can give you direction on where to go. So yeah. I, I would really urge people to go to bravehearts.org.au and check out where the 777 Marathon is coming in your city or state. and head along on the day and see these incredible people who are worthy of our praise and respect and admiration because, I mean, that is child protection in action. That's them. That's that's rubber to the road. That's, you know, someone is doing something to help solve this problem alongside Brave Hearts. And share, take photos and share the work of Brave Hearts and talk about this issue with your children and young people in your life openly and feel confident that you can. There's lots of great resources. Really important. Now, I will say that I have, I'm actually looking at the Bravehearts website now. It is so easy to use and so easy to get the resources. I've already clicked on basically the, uh, the parents link and I already have the information in front of me. Oh, so it great. is really easy to use. So make sure guys, if you are interested and you do need some resources, make sure you do go to bravehearts.org.au. Now, Alison, we do conclude with one last question. So in one word, how would you describe the 777 event? Inspiring. All right. Well, thank you very much, Alison. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking your time out to chat to me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. You're awesome. I've really, really enjoyed it. It is such a privilege to be able to have Alison on and that she was able to take out time from her busy schedule to explain the why for us. Whatever the reason is that made you decide to run, it is really important to take note of Bravehearts and the wonderful work they do, as I'm pretty sure thinking about that will keep you going when you don't think you can. Thank you once again to Alison for joining the Bravehearts 777 Marathon podcast. She was an extremely easy lady to talk to and I'm pretty sure she carried me through most of that interview, so thank you. 
Now, if you haven't already, make sure you click that follow button to ensure you keep up to date when new episodes are released. I cannot wait to share the next guest with you, but before then, share this episode with your family and friends so that they know the why. I'm Mitch Craig, and this is the Bravehearts 777 Marathon Podcast. Thank you for listening to a private tribute pod production podcast. Distribution and content approval of this podcast is solely with the customer with no liability to tribute pod. For more information regarding privacy, terms and conditions, or to arrange further podcasts, please head to our website, www.tributepod.com.au. Feel free to give us a like or share on our socials if you enjoyed this dedication. A Tribute Pod Production.